Hello everyone. Thanks for coming back for part two of my interview with YouTube star Sandy from Sandy's Joyful Space. Coming up in part two of our conversation, Sandy talks about the realities of being a content creator and the toll that it has occasionally taken on her personal health. She also shares in depth about her experiences with postpartum depression and the problems with the suppression of emotions within African culture. She explains the need for more advocacy and awareness around mental health and how we can eliminate the taboo surrounding this topic through education and conversation. Sandy shares her philosophies on parenting and how it differs from her German husband's as well as how and why her parenting differs from the way she was raised by her mother. As the last born child of her mother's five girls, Sandy bravely tells the story of the abandonment that she suffered by her father, who left the family when she was just an infant. We explore the realities of toxic misogyny in Africa and the impact that the obsession with having a male child has on families. And lastly, Sandy leaves us with some very poignant words for the fat shaming trolls that have tried to attack and shame her online. This is quite an episode that I am sure you are eager to listen to. So without further ado, here is part two of my conversation with Sandy. Okay, so let's get to the next topic, which is motherhood. Yeah. So Sandy is a mother to a, she's two and a half, two and a half now. She'll be three this year, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, So yeah, I'm very curious to know what has becoming a mother taught you about life that maybe you hadn't realized before, before becoming a mother? Hmm. I never knew, okay, not really about life, but the biggest thing that changed in my life is I never knew I could be this patient. I'm someone who is, when I met my husband, I was like, you are so impatient. I think that was the biggest thing about me. If you meet me, you spend time with me, you know why I'm impatient is like, I love things to go. I'm someone that I love to, on the go, on the go, like, okay, what are we doing now? Please, okay, let's do it. Let's Okay, let's move on. I love, I don't like when when things are stalling. I want to be fast, 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 fast. Things have to happen this time, this time. You're not, you cannot plan. Things must not, does not always have to go the way you plan it. And when things don't go the way I plan it, then I want to get a bit, a bit, you know, frustrated, sad. But when I gave birth, I realized that, okay, no, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Yeah. I agree. And my husband yeah. was like, I think we we're talking about it not even long ago. Maybe last three weeks or so, when the car and my my husband was, my mom was like, "I never knew you had this level of impatience." I was like, "Wow!" Because I didn't live with my mom for so many years. Yeah. He left Nigeria to Germany when I was still in junior high school. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. for over ten to eleven years, we're mm-hmm. not together. So it's like that, and that was like the biggest part of my life because it yeah. was just when I was. A teenager, so yeah. adult. So she missed a big chunk of my life. So yeah. meeting me like now that we are together, she's like, I never knew you had this. And my husband was like, Oh, she's better now. 
trust me far better wow. and I'm, yeah. yeah i'm better you need to yeah. see me in the like before i had my daughter <laughs> it was intense so patient and now i'm i'm kind of um always apart from you know being patient i've also just learned that like that feeling of now when i see other mothers there's this feeling of i don't know how to put it i tend to understand you can never understand the feeling of motherhood until you have a child. Sorry, I'm not trying to, everybody, please. I'm not trying to be. But there's this, I used to take care of my sister's kids. I used to be a lover of kids. I thought I understood. When people say, oh, no, 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 no. I, I love kids. I'm, but when I had my own, dog, like my own child, there is this feeling that I was like, okay, no wonder my sister did certain things. I'm like, why are you doing this? So, I understand. Now I understand. There's this feeling of that when you just have that feeling. I don't know how to explain it, but motherhood, yeah. I'm sure you understand. Motherhood just, you and you tend to understand another mother better. Yes. Like yes. When someone is telling me, oh, this happened to my child, I'm like, oh, before I have my child, I feel it, but it's not the same way now. Now when yeah. someone's telling me this happened to my child, I'm, I'm very touched. That's what I'm trying yes. to explain. There yes. is this, in the oh no, yes. I feel it like it's my child. I'm like, oh, yes, I know that's what you mean. how I feel. But I yeah. used to have others before I had my daughter, so all yeah. those other changes I've seen, yeah. But the biggest yeah. one is patience. Oh, I can <laughs> patience is a big one. I can totally agree with you on that. I've never thought I would be so patient in my life and so, um, and be able to operate on such little sleep. That's yeah. another one. For no, me. for sleep. <laughs> you know, for me, I've always been a, a, a night four. I go to bed late all the time. So for me, yeah. okay, but there was a big change because now, it, before I used to go to bed late, but I can sleep longer in the day and, and wake up and do things. But now my daughter is the one waking me up. So yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. the same. right yeah. now, yeah, it was a, that was also a big challenge. I'm still struggling yeah. with it now because sometimes yeah. I'm having intense headache. You know, when you don't sleep enough. Yes. You have headaches, you are looking weak. Yeah. So yeah. I tend to experience this from yeah. time to time. So sometimes I try to beg my mom, please, can you just come? I want to take a nap. Yeah. For two days, yes. I've not had a good sleep. And then, like, God bless my mom. She has been a big, it's like, without my mom being here, I don't think, I don't ask myself, how would I have cooked? How would you? And I ask, when I see people that yeah. don't have the supports, I'm like, how do you guys do it again? I don't know how they do it. I don't. My mother-in-law is is the is the no, same. I don't know if I would be able to. Maybe if my mom was not, I wouldn't even think of having. Maybe I would just say, okay, one is enough and doesn't. Women and we are very strong. Women are strong. Yes, definitely, definitely. Yeah, strong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you you realize how much you you depend on a support yeah. network. Yeah, and also being a um, mom make me appreciate my mom better. Mm-hmm. After being a mom, I like giving birth, being a mother, going through that whole process and sometimes when I'm going through some not just the labor but the whole process of raising a child mm-hmm. and I look at my mom you did this for six kids I just look at yeah. her and I'm like it makes me see her and there's this res- I respect her mm-hmm. before but it's just like it just skyrocketed like my yeah. like, you are a super mom you you did it like I don't know how you did it but no you did it no you did great. You did great. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. 
it's, you know, motherhood, it really, it changes you and it yeah. makes you see, it makes you see the world differently. It makes you, as you said, appreciate when other mo- other mothers, especially when they talk about their children, you feel their emotion, you feel their pain. Yeah, and like you said, it's no offense to any woman out there that don't have children, yeah. but it is, it is a, a completely different experience that you cannot explain to somebody. You just have to experience it yourself. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so Sandy, you are a very busy woman. You're a wife, you're a mom, content creator, <laughs> soon to be working at a, at a hospital very yeah. soon as a registered nurse. Yeah. So how do you manage to juggle all of this and maintain your sanity? Like, I know you said your, your mother helps you out, but what else do you do to try to stay balanced and not go crazy? <laughs> I think, um, I don't think I have the right answer to that. Why? Because <laughs> if I say I have the answer, I would be lying because I'm still struggling with it, to be honest. I struggle with it. I am, and I'm someone that I put stress on myself a lot because I love to be perfect. I'm kind of a perfectionist, but I'm, I'm motherhood has made me understand that things might, cannot always be perfect. I think that's yeah. something that's also like, it is okay if it is not perfect. It's okay, Sandy. It's okay. You did well. It's okay. So that's something I've also been trying to learn, but I put a lot of pressure on myself. What mm-hmm. I mean pressure is, oh no, I want to film this three content this week. No, I must do. Like when I when I say I must do, that's the that's the, that's something like when I set a goal, I, I want to do it. I don't care if I don't eat. I don't care if I don't sleep. I don't care. Mm. I want yeah. to do this and I'm doing it. That's my yeah. personality. Sometimes yeah. it's like you are not. It's, it's too much. Calm down. Yeah. So I don't want to listen. So when I open my second channel, I have two YouTube channels by the way. When I open this, the other one is about news. I post even now okay. because I couldn't handle it. When I opened it at first, I used to post every day. Every wow. day I post. And I was still posting on Sunday, my main channel three times a week. So I would wow. do this and my daughter, I would still have to care for her. And, you know, yeah. a lot of things. It got to a point. I was having lack of sleep. Sometimes I would mm-hmm. go to bed at 3 a.m., 4 a.m., and at 8 a.m., I'm awake again. So when I kept going like wow. this, I I, I, I had a hormonal imbalance. I ended up in the hospital. Yeah, due to intense stress. I ended mm-hmm. up in the hospital. I was having, um, okay, TMI. I was bleeding intensely, intensively. Mm-hmm. I had to be rushed mm-hmm. to the hospital. And, you know, they were like, oh, it was hormonal imbalance because now I was seeing my, 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 my period SS. Really? Yeah, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. When the gynecologist said, I was like, what are you doing to yourself? It's crazy. You have to slow down. Mm-hmm. So, because she was trying to understand where this was coming from. Mm-hmm. And my husband was like, oh, she doesn't sleep. When he was explaining my lifestyle, we were like, stress is something that can disorganize a woman's cycle. You know, cycle, yeah. wounds, yeah. and everything. Yeah. And at that point, I was like, okay, I tried to slow things down and then they get put me on medications and everything but these are things that you know i didn't even share this on my channel because i feel like nobody put the pressure on me it's you so sometimes when you share some things people ask me who's saying 
<laughs> Sorry for the effect. You say no, say you know it's really fine. You know, sometimes just those things are just like okay. <laughs> Nobody needs to know the struggle. That's for me. No. Yeah, but because you yeah. just say, okay, let me say that. That's why I say saying that. How do I balance it? I would say that I'm struggling. I'm not sure. I'm not. I've not found the balance yet. It's better than before. The only thing that is helping me now is I tend to not push myself. I I just tell myself, okay, you know what? Focus on the important things. That's what I think. That's what has. If you like, have the right answer for now that I'm a bit better. That what I did was okay. I'll focus on what is better. So for important. So the other channel I had to stop posting there. Even if I post once a month, I think this month I've never posted for over four weeks. I've never posted any content there, but I don't. I don't really bother because I can't handle it now. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. Am I yeah. doing other things that are? What am I doing with my time? As far as I'm being productive with other things, then it's okay. It's not like I'm being lazy and not doing it. There's other things that I'm doing that's important. That's why I'm not meeting up there. So it's okay. So I just, and the mm. other things I stopped on TikTok, I slowed down my activity. I was very active on TikTok before I slowed it down. I just slowed down wherever I feel like it was not really important. Exactly. Yeah, I just slowed, slowed things down. Yeah. And now, even yeah. on Sunday, Joyful, when I feel like, okay, I'm stressed, I post once a week, twice a week. I'm not really posting three times a week as I used to because right now I'm going through a very busy time of my life. When I am maybe out of this stage, I will go back to my regular yeah. posting. But I post every week. Every week yeah. is sure. But yeah. the consistency of three times a week, yeah. maybe I can meet up every week. So right. sometimes right. two times, sometimes once a week. So that's just what has been helping me to yeah. pick my battles. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate you sharing that because I think sometimes when people watch... Uh, YouTube videos, they they don't really understand how much work and planning and oh, effort goes into producing the content. It's the same like with my podcast. Like it's there's time that you have to invest in coming up with the concept, the plan, the ideas, how and where you're going yeah. to film and oh. who's gonna be in the video or is it just gonna be me or whatever. And it's a it's it's a lot. It's a lot of planning that goes into it, and you have to be in that right mindset to it as well. Yeah, you want to bring that good energy yeah. to the to the content, yeah. especially my type of content. When I'm not in the mood, it's not that I, when I'm not even in the good mood, I don't think of picking my camera. I know there's some content creator when they are sad, it's still a content. They come and pick the camera and say, like, "Oh, today I'm." But when I'm sick, when I'm sad, I don't know thing. That's a, I'm someone that going on YouTube is like, I went there to share. That's why I call it Sunday Joyful. I want that bubbling. I want to be joyful. So when I'm not even in that headspace, I don't remember the camera. That's the last thing in my mind. I sure. always want to bring positivity. I want to be known. I'm not saying there's no negativity in that. I'm not trying to create. If everybody knows, there's a lot of negativity in the internet. Can there sure. be a space where you can come and laugh? Smile? Yes. Then that's exactly. my space. If you are looking exactly. for negativity, I think the internet has provided a lot of that. The internet has Let's a lot of that. Positivity. That's just my mentality. <laughs> exactly. When people drop comments that 
oh after whenever i'm sad i come here this is where i you know relax if i was supposed to say oh when i come from work and you know i go through a lot of stress i'll say a lot of things that depresses me and i come home i want to watch it content that is what i did this for like i am happy when people drop this kind of content because that is that was yes. my goal that is yes. what i want to achieve that is what exactly. i want and i'm exactly. happy when i see those comments exactly yeah. exactly and it's very encouraging i'm sure as well for you yeah. it's very motivating and keeps makes you want to keep going with creating yeah. the your content yeah um so on the topic of of motherhood i know we talked a little bit about your daughter amy earlier yeah. um i did i think there was a video i saw where you were talking about how i don't know if you were on the bus or if you were in a shop and someone was asking you if you are the mother of yeah, Amy, if this is your bus. child. In the bus. On in the bus. bus. Yeah. I was yeah. getting that. And it was a, I don't know where he, he's a white skin, but you know, not all white skin uh, yeah. could be from North America, uh, America, North Africa. I don't know his country because sometimes I can't tell them the difference mm -hmm. so much. I can't really say where they are from. Now I'm, I'm trying to know the differences okay maybe <laughs> when you see them there are some futures you can need to look at this and talk at this but i don't really pay attention to those things so when he was talking i wasn't really paying attention to look where he's coming from i just knew he was a, a you know light-skinned or white person and when he said i think he came out down at the same bus stop i saw him staring in the bus at my daughter he was staring i was like maybe it was just at my area you know java stare People in Germany, people stay. So I didn't really take it as anything because it's normal to stay here. I think when you live here for normal, you get used to it. But when I get that out of the bus, we also get that in the same bus stop. Whether it was a coincidence or I think maybe it's just coincidence. And then he walked up to me when I was just trying to roll my the stroller and walk away from the bus stop. He was like, oh, I am sorry, but... I didn't mean to, like, he couldn't bear it. You could see that he just had to ask, Wow, is this your child? I'm like, could I, do you know funny thing? I didn't understand. I didn't, I didn't know. <laughs> the, I didn't think deep about the question once yeah. he left. I said, oh, yeah, it's my child. Okay. He, he's a father German. Is it white? I'm like, oh, yes. I'm like, oh, okay. Makes sense. And he left. I'm like, okay. I was going, and something was like, what just happened? Pause. I process it. And, you know, so that you don't process it. I didn't process it. It happened just so fast. Fast, yeah. And then I stood, I turned back. He was walking, he was, yeah. he has walked a bit of a distance. Like, yeah. Well, why did he ask? And I called my mom. I know where I stood, I just called my mom because I was so yeah. shocked. I, and now my mom was like, okay, that's weird. The thing was, I was, I was so pissed and I, why did I answer? I think that was what hurt me the most. Yeah. The fact that I, I answered. I was, yeah. I was pissed with myself. I felt like, I mean, I just told myself, Sandy, why? I should have just told him, no, he's not my child. I stole the baby. Like something like, you know, <laughs> yeah, that was what he deserved. Like a savage <laughs> reply. So he caught me that I answered him so innocently, so politely. And then yeah. he like, okay, what did they mean? Is he saying a black woman cannot have? Because my daughter was very, very white when she was yes. like, she had yeah. she was very white. The only thing yeah. you could use to tell her, okay, she had a dark, her hair was dark. But when you look at her skin, because that the thing of wearing a cap, 
So he yeah. didn't really see the hair. Yeah. But he was just seeing how white she was. She yeah. was very white. That you would think she was really, you know, really too white. But when I open her hair and see the curly hair, you know, okay, she's a mixed yes. baby. So yeah. she was very young at that time. And I was like, okay, so what, what, what did they mean by that? Even if you thought about it, can't you think and go? Right. Can't you imagine it? I'm like, oh, this baby is so white. Is she the right. mother? Is she the owner of the baby? Is she the maid? Is she, uh, sorry, the opel or whatever? Right. Maybe is she the opel? Is she the nanny? Is she, yeah. who is she? Or is she the mother? Okay, you could, you could think about those things and then just go your way. But to approach the person? Yeah. That, that's a yeah. bit too much. Yeah. You know, that was the only time I've I've experienced that. That was the only time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the way you responded was almost instinctual, right? If someone yeah. asks you, is this your baby? It's natural as a mother to want to claim that child as yours, right? That's a yeah. that's an instinct, right? Yeah. Um, so I can understand why you would I, I know you were I know you were kind of kicking yourself afterwards, but yeah, it, it, I, that's I, a but, but that's a, I mean, I think I would have done, I would have said the same thing. It would have been my instinct to say, yes, this is, this is my child. Right. Um, but yeah, there's, there's some ignorance around mixed children, unfortunately. And I've had, I, I've had that question asked to me one time, and this was by the woman that was working that the cashier at the um, supermarket. Now, granted, this wasn't, this was somebody that I saw on a semi-regular basis. So like she wasn't a complete like stranger off the street, but she, but you know, it's somebody that I often see when yeah. I, you know, she, you know, when I go to the supermarket and my son, similar to what you just said about your daughter, um, he, he's very fair. Yeah. When he was born and even till now, he's still very fair. He looks ticks after my husband very much. And then he has um, blondish um, hair, so oh, okay. um, bl- blondish um, brown, light brownish hair. Yeah, okay. and so he really, <laughs> he really <laughs> didn't look like me yeah. <laughs> at all. <laughs> and so, and so the the woman, the cashier, was you know looking, you know, you know how like you said, German yeah. people stare, like looking at him, looking at me, looking at him, looking at me. <laughs> And then finally she said, um, is this your kid? Is this, is, is that your, is that your child? Is that your son? And I said, yes. And I, she was trying to like hide, hide the, the, the surprise. She was like, oh, a shun. So nice, like cute, yeah. you know, session, session, you know, like really, you know, trying to like cover up the, the shock or the surprise or whatever. But, um, I think that there's, unfortunately, a, a lot of people have ignorance around how genetics work and that with mixed children, any you, you don't know what you're going to get. You yeah. can get a child that looks more like the mom or looks more like the dad or is a mix in between. You don't know what you're going to get. But unfortunately, some people are very ignorant about that and they, they can't imagine that as a dark-skinned person that you can produce such a light-skinned yeah. child. You know, wow! I think I think yeah. I hope that was the best answer would have been. Yes, it's my child. Is yours missing? <laughs> yeah, you walking home. I thought about the manifest. I was like, hey, as a Nigerian girl like this, I the kind of for sorry for PG, but I'm like, as a Nigerian girl like this, the thing where I thought, 
there are different kind of savage replies should have given him like yeah yes it's my yes is, is this your child oh yes is yours missing you know? <laughs> <laughs> that would be very nice yeah. why did you do that ah yeah well, I'm like, okay. yeah. as you said this mother is still i think yes you are the one who are going to be giving me kind of a so now yeah. when i think about the experience i, I want to go back to that day anytime i think about it let me go back there and let's take yeah. it let's take it again Let's yeah. start afresh. <laughs> but I think you're right. Yeah. It's, it's motherly instinct, yeah. It's the motherly instinct to claim the child as your own. And right. if anything, my hope, and maybe I'm being naive, but my hope is that that experience taught that person something. Yeah, so the next time, I so. Yeah, I next time we see somebody who is darker skinned, black, whatever race, who happens to have a mixed child, that they won't automatically assume that it couldn't be their child. Because, you know, in some of these people, just they haven't had that exposure. Mm-hmm. They just haven't seen anything like this before. And so it's curiosity, it's ignorance, of course, you know. But like you said, I agree. I, I do think that it's less appropriate for someone that is a complete stranger off the street to approach you yeah, in that I way. Yeah, I think it's just, there are sometimes I walk on the street, there are things I see around me and I wonder, oh, she, like not on this contest, but Maybe right. there are things you have just you can see something about someone and you begin to wonder. Maybe you see two people and you go, Oh, they look so young. Are they friends? Are they mother and daughter? Are they you know? But that should be in your head, no matter how you see someone. If you go out, when you go out, definitely you see things, the world is you see things and you always wonder, oh, is this that is that when you don't approach the people. You can't walk yeah. up to someone and ask, Oh, excuse me, is this your are you the are you people cooking? Are you the? No, that's totally. It's even nice true. if you're even seeing two people holding like, Oh, are you couple? That's even sweet. Well, yeah, we're good. But this one is this. You know, when it comes to, you have to be careful because sometimes you just hurt someone somewhere. You know exactly. What's that? Exactly. Yeah, it can. It's a. It's a. It's these are very personal questions that yeah. people should be more sensitive about yeah. for sure. And, and so. sorry for saying. I don't know. Okay. How do you feel? It? I know that I was supposed to be asking the questions. But I just it's just okay. No, yeah. please, uh, please. How do you feel when people ask? I don't know. I think they said this is some people say it's not a big deal. But coming from an, a Nigerian, you know, African setting, I think a bit. Okay, I'm trying to understand it, but I'm still trying to not understand it. When people ask you, um, "Are you pregnant?" Oh, like you are not showing like how I am like this. People ask me, uh-huh. maybe. I'm not showing, but they're asking. They just ask. Maybe they, maybe that they ate a good, a good food, some food for you. Mm-hmm. Maybe they, they think it's the early stage. They are just guessing. Oh, it's like your stomach is a bit showing. Are you pregnant? How do you see that when strangers ask you, or just like as we have this podcast? Maybe I, I just ask you, you your face. I think, are you pregnant? Or and okay, let's see what I do. Maybe we are even maybe cordial a bit. Sometimes strangers ask this of me. On YouTube comment section, oh Sandy, are you pregnant? Are you expecting? And one day I was on TikTok live, and the girl just this lady just threw it to me, Sandy, are you pregnant? And this was TikTok. There were people watching, and I felt it was rude. Sorry to say, I know some people say, oh, you are just being so African. That's not a problem. You could just answer. But why I feel this rude is because sometimes. We never know what people are dealing with. What yes. if someone is trying for a baby 
Yeah. At that point in time, unless maybe it's not working, maybe they are going through maybe fertility issues, maybe IVF or something, dealing with something. I will just yeah. ask them, are you pregnant? And maybe they just saw their period yesterday and they are still boiling their eyes that this month didn't work again. And then yeah. you are asking, are you pregnant? It's like, you are, you are picking that wound. So I feel it's a private, until the person share, don't ask. If you yeah. ask you, wait, let them tell you. That's what yeah. I think. So what do you think about that? Yes. Um, I think it's extremely inappropriate for anyone, even in my opinion, also family members. I think it's also okay. equally as inappropriate for people to be asking you if you're asking if you're pregnant, mm-hmm. um, asking, inquiring anything that has to do with your personal mm-hmm. fertility or what's going on with your womb. Yeah. Okay. I think it's highly inappropriate and it, I think it's unacceptable. Yeah. Um, for all the reasons that you just gave right now, you don't know what people are going through. You don't know if people are suffering with infertility, um, if people have been trying for months or years to be pregnant and it's not working. Mm-hmm. If the, like you said, if the person just got their period and they've been crying their eyes out the night before and they're just coming to terms with the fact that yet another um you know, Months. cycle, IVF or IUI or whatever uh, fertility uh, intervention that they're using has yet again failed. And so I think it's very inappropriate. I think that we live in an age right now where in the age of information where there's enough content out there for people to, especially women, to understand that um these issues related to fertility are very, very prevalent. It doesn't matter if you're in your 20s, it doesn't matter if you're in your 40s, 50s. If fertility issues impact people at all ages, all races, all backgrounds. And so it's very it can be very triggering to bring those uh, mm-hmm. questions up. It's very invasive. You don't know what that person's personal finances are. Can they afford another baby? Um, Are they maybe, you know, they're trying to budget and plan accordingly so that they can afford to bring another child into the world? Do they want to move to a bigger house or, you know, what's going on internally within their personal um, family dynamics, family decisions? You don't know what's going on in people's personal lives. And so me personally, I think it's very inappropriate. And I wish that people would understand that and respect people's privacy. Okay. It may not, even if we don't go that far, let's just say, okay, you're having some, because I've been in this situation. You're, 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 you've been emotionally eating. You've been emotionally eating. It happens. Yeah. It happens. (laughs) You know, women, we go through some times in our life, you know, that, it, you know, it happened to me when I was living in New York where mm-hmm. I'm feeling a little bit stressed. And at this particular period in my life, I'm, I'm eating a little bit more than I, than I should mm-hmm. eating more sweets or eating more candy or whatever it is. And yeah. I've added a little bit of weight. Right. Yeah. And now this person's coming to me <laughs> asking if I'm pregnant <laughs> or whatever. It's like, you know, it, it, it's triggering because I'm maybe I'm going through something. Maybe I'm having a hormonal issue. Maybe I'm, you know, de- dealing with depression or some other kind of thing. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I absolutely yeah. think it's appropriate. That's true. Definitely. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, so it's <laughs> women out there, if you're listening to this, <laughs> don't ask. Don't ask. Okay. Let's let them share. Let them share. They're content creators. That's what they do. They share their lives. So at some point they will share and they will announce that they're pregnant. So just wait, but please do not inquire. Yeah, absolutely not. So I agree with you on that, Sandy. hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, okay. So my next question is, um, is there anything that you had been, that you wish you had been better prepared for when it comes to being a mother now? Now that you're um, now that you're in motherhood, now that you're a wife, is there anything in retrospect that you think back that you're like, oh, I wish I had been better prepared in this way or that way, or is there no way to prepare for it? Is it all just figuring it out as you go along? I think there's no there's no better way to be prepared. Like yeah, motherhood. I I I read a lot of books. I I joined evil communities, all like communities. I thought, regardless. In fact, I I binge watch YouTube videos. But <laughs> uh, when you know when the mothers, oh, when you have this, it will make the night sleep easy. I went to buy it. When you have this, no matter, don't waste your money and buy. Every, you can buy it, but don't like when I watch those videos and I hear that. Oh, you know, baby, all babies are different. So when you think that this mother is sick. But when I just, you know, put this thing in the hands and I play this music, then my baby's sleep, but they're also going to buy it. <laughs> Your baby might not take it so well. I said, maybe you want to give it a try. But I thought, oh, no, I got this. I've got this. You know, I'm prepared. Oh, mother, let's go. When I had my baby, you know, when I had my baby, I didn't come home with my baby the day she, I came home first because she she had, you know, um, oxygen issue when she was being born and they had to you know look after her for some time and then I was okay I was fine and they were like you could, I could go home but because the bees would be okay at that point in time they were like if you go home now there's nothing there's nothing I'm doing at that moment I don't know if you get it like yeah I'm yeah. fine because it was a normal delivery they check yeah. me I'm not bleeding nothing I'm just sitting. Um, there's not really any any issue. Because the only issue I had was, uh, but that was just the first two days. I don't know if you experienced it. I don't know whether people talk about whether they experienced it. After I, I watched my labor, day, my labor and the story, yeah. I said it. After having the baby, I had um, um, my, my, I could not hold urine. Urine continued. Like, okay. But just coming out. Like, before yeah. I could walk to the bathroom, I just peed on myself. I actually mm-hmm. thought my bladder was damaged. I was scared. But there was a movie I watched where a lady had a baby in that movie, and then her mm-hmm. bladder was damaged. She has to do an operation. I thought yeah. that was my case, but yeah. they told me, "Oh no, it was because my baby was so huge, and uh, you know, the doctor was actually shocked that I pushed her." I'm like, wow! <laughs> so they that was so just the pressure, the whole mm-hmm. thing like that. The, the the valve was you know weak. Everything was yeah. Yeah. So that is it, but. Yeah. It, it was better. It was better. Yeah. I think on the third day, it was okay. And I was okay. able to make it to the bathroom. I even had yeah. um, this thing, emorrhage. Is it emorrhage? Uh, emorrhage. Emorrhage. Not emorrhage, but that I was treating myself at home. So when I came home, and then my baby had to spend some time in the hospital. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
at that point in time, I, I could not sleep. I wanted to go and drop my baby because what am I doing here? What am I doing here? I wanted to go home. It was just one night. You think it was two nights. It was just one night. But that night, I couldn't sleep. And when I saw my baby, because the first time I saw my baby, they told me, I didn't see her. The day. When she was born, they just took her to the... I was even saying, okay, they just let me see her in, in a glass something. I didn't yeah. really touch her. Yeah. They just they were in a hurry because they had to, you know, take care of her. So the next day they were like, "Oh, you could go and see your baby now." Do you know I was scared? Oh. Right. It was like yeah. you know, meet someone that's okay. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to put it. Maybe if I had held her that moment, we maybe be different. Yeah. Well, like they were the first time I would go and see her and touch. Her. I was like, okay, you know, when the when the nurse came, I said, let's go. I was a bit reluctant. I was like, oh, let's go, let's go. Not that I'm not excited, but I was like, okay, so I'm going to meet a whole human that I have to be in charge of. Like, So now my life has changed. Like, So how will it be? Would I be able to carry her well? I, I, when I got there, like, okay, breastfeed her. I was like, okay, are you sure? How, how do I hold her? Can I? And I've held babies before. I've fucking the maternity world. But yeah. this was different. I didn't know what to do. And it was yeah. like, this is your first baby? I'm like, yes. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And she was like, okay, so calm down, relax, sit down. And when I set my eyes on her, I was, mm. I was just blown away. Yeah. Like, it just yeah. blew me. Everything I have read and researched disappeared yeah. from my head. That's <laughs> your question. It was like, I never read, I never researched, I did nothing. Every minute I've read about breastfeeding, how to hold the head. I know it from nursing school. I also did some research. I did not even know what I was doing. Yeah, I know. I was just, yeah. I was, I was scared. And then, yeah, I said so when I brought her home, I had baby blues. Uh, baby blues, yeah, yeah, baby blues, yeah. And then I was like, wow, mm-hmm. can I do this? Mm-hmm. Can I take care of her? What is going yeah. to happen? I don't think I'm ready for this. Mm-hmm. So at that mm-hmm. point in time, my husband was so scared because mm-hmm. I don't think I've shared this on my channel before. No, my husband was so scared because I was always not. I was always, not. I was not holding her, but mm-hmm. you would not see me always rush to get her. Like that instinct of always want to hold my baby. I always let my mom do it. I felt incapable. I felt not fit for it. It's not like. I'm not in yeah. love with her. I love her, but I felt like I, I'm, I can't do this. I don't know how to do this. Yeah, yeah, but I understand. African mothers will yeah. always be African mothers. What my mom <laughs> did to me, no. Like, I didn't share the story because of my mom, actually, because the day I told her I wanted to finish this, she was like, oh, people will think I'm not a nice mom. I'm like, oh, no, I think people understand African moms. But since she was yeah. having a bit of a... And I said, okay. Yeah. I think I, I walk up to her in the kitchen and I confided mm. in her. I'm like, but I was I didn't know how to explain this. Mm. I didn't even tell my husband. I kept it to yeah. myself because I'm like, maybe they will think I don't love my child. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I felt this way. Mm-hmm. I know I've heard about baby blues, I knew about uh, you know, postpartum depression. I've heard about those things, but do they know this? So when I walk up to my mom and I was telling her that. I felt this way. I feel like I can't do it. I feel like I should. Huh? You say? African mothers. No? 
I was still repeating it. I didn't get the, the memo. I was like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I'm ready. Eh? Are you a witch? I'm a witch. <laughs> Excuse me? Are you a witch? <laughs> so God has blessed you with a beautiful baby like this. You are here asking, please leave the way. Let me go and take care of my, my granddaughter. Leave the way, leave the way, leave the way. Eh, nonsense. What kind of stupid thing is this? <laughs> I rebuke you. <sighs> Immediately she yeah. said that that baby blues flew out the window. Mm. That mm. was the instant therapy, you know? Shock therapy. Mm. I call it shock, shock therapy. therapy. Yeah. It was, therapy. it was, I said, what I felt was not, I don't think that was the right approach. Yeah. For me, I felt like she didn't know, but later on, I educated after yeah. months later. I sat yeah. her down. I told her, I don't think that was the right approach you did that time. And I told yeah. her, I opened baby blues for her. I let her read. I educated her. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. I thought you were just being, you know, ungrateful to God. God has given you this beautiful child and you are here asking me, can you take care of her? Like, she has never heard this before all her life. I'm like, this is what many women in Africa, yeah. you know, they are not bored to say. Many women yeah. experience this, but they suppress it. Because yeah. how would people react? How would your mom react? How would, you know, African said, it is not what you can just say. They will look at you like, are you, are you normal? But it's, it's, it's a feeling. It's, it's, it doesn't mean you don't love your baby. So I educated her like, okay. So what she did to me at that point in time, I did not completely go through a, a process of understanding that I don't have to be perfect. Yes. But yes. I'm perfect enough for my daughter. Yes. Like, no matter what I do, I'm good enough. Like, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. But she just made me feel like, okay, this was a bad feeling. Yeah. It made me feel that the feeling was wrong. It was yeah. bad. It was unheard yeah. of. It was an abomination for me to think that. Even though I'm educated, I knew it was not. But I actually kind of like, okay, maybe it's wrong for a minute. And so there's nothing that prepares you for motherhood in my long story. Because yeah. if it does prepare you, all the research I did, I shouldn't have really felt that way. But I still felt all those things. Sure. It's nothing that prepares you for motherhood. Not, sure. Not. Sure. And I think what I think is really good is that it's nice that after when you educated your mother afterwards, that she was receptive to yeah, she was. the information she was that you had given her. Yeah. Because. She apologized. Yeah, that's that's good. That's the most important thing. That's okay. That's the most important thing because I think that's the that's something that a lot of um a lot of children, so myself being Nigerian American, you know, a lot of my peers, people that also grew up in the United States who have um Nigerian mothers who grew up in Nigeria, they kind of have that 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 clash when it comes to dealing with certain situations and how their mothers react you know you're expecting your mother to be more um warm towards you and to say oh my baby are you okay i'm sorry you know to to embrace you and to you know cuz that's from the from our upbringing growing up in the us that's what we expect yeah. right that's you know and then when you get the opposite in, especially in a situation like this, where yeah. your mother is more reacting in a in a in a harsher way, kind of um, you know, not being not embracing you and being affectionate towards you and and coddling you and you know just allowing you to feel those feelings and to yeah. help you gradually come out of it. 
it can it, it can definitely worsen for some women it can worsen even worsen the situation yeah you know that's true yeah yeah that's true and so and many many i believe many many africans not just women men and women we are we have suppressed a lot of things yeah a lot of Actually, suppression if you put 10 africans we shot eight of us within therapy yes when i mean therapy yeah. i mean that there are a lot of things we just, you know, we cannot talk, we cannot express, we cannot just the whole mentality of you're an African, this is does not go with the culture. We suppress a lot. And at the end of the day, most of the time it can reverse in a case whereby because of religion, religion has helped and it religion has helped and also not helped. Why? Let me say this. Some people, all those emotions, they now, you know, drew closer to God and they use that Christianity to kind of heal themselves. How would I put it now? You know, being closer to God is that they, they could express themselves in the place of prayer. They could talk to God certain things. They, they kind of, you know, immerse themselves in religion that helped them. Why some people, they tend to maybe get out of it in another setting maybe they found the love of their life maybe they kind of come out of it through love from another angle uh-huh. there are some set of people who grow up and become damaged from the suppression and yeah. then they have certain behaviors that they don't even know they are behaving this way because of a lot of suppressed you know things that they didn't deal with they have this they have to suppress it they can't talk about this all yeah. those things make them you know have a, another reaction yeah when they grow up to certain things yeah and sometimes yeah. you don't even know this is the reason you don't even right. know the foundation you don't even know why this is happening yes absolutely that is what that's a, that's a lot of things we Africans are dealing with yes right absolutely yeah, I did an episode on my podcast about um, trauma in in uh, being an African generational curse. Yeah, and I I touched upon some of those things that you just said Many that it is intergenerational mm-hmm. trauma after trauma after trauma, mm-hmm. and people are hiding behind the excuse of it being quote unquote culture. Okay, mm-hmm. not realizing that cultures are supposed to evolve. Yeah, cultures are supposed to change and grow. And, you know, you, you cannot continue to use that as an excuse for bad behavior, for, for, for not, for refusing to learn better and to do better, to consistently stay in ignorance. Right. And so I, yeah, I agree with you completely. It's a, it's, we have a huge issue in the African community, particularly I can speak to Nigeria, perhaps you can mm-hmm. as well, and maybe even Ghana, being that you lived yeah. there as well for some time. Africans, we, are, we, we really need to um, work harder on this to really address things around mental health. Because, you know, mental health is like a taboo kind of topic, yeah. you know? I think I like one one day, I, I said, I need, I need to go for therapy. God yeah. for be batting, Holy Ghost fire. Let's pray. I'm like, Mom, I'm a Christian, I believe in God. But going for therapy does not mean you are mad. It does not mean you are going cuckoo, you are growing, you know, <laughs> crazy. It doesn't yeah. you just yeah. I just feel like why I said I needed therapy at that point, I'm like, 
it was what I just said. There are a lot of things yes. I suppressed going up. Yes. Yes. And there are a lot of things that even my mom, when I tell her, you know, this thing, this is it. Oh, that happened. Oh, really? You didn't write? You didn't talk about that? You didn't expect? Because you are not meant to say certain things. You're not meant to be. And I thought, oh, this really hurt me. Oh, I didn't know that hurt you. Then you should have shared it. With who? With, with who? Hello? With who? You dare not share it. Even when they are you know, doing certain things, you know, there are some things that you experience that it hurts yeah. you so much. You, yeah. Maybe you didn't even, maybe what they are saying, you were not guilty of it. And then you are being punished for it. Terribly right. punished. And then you grow up, you know, I understand it. I is I understand that that is what they are. I'm not blaming them for doing it because that is what they were born into. It's like that's all they knew. That was yeah. the only way they knew how mm-hmm. to train a child. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they can't be blamed. So mm-hmm. so that when I tell them, I'm not. I don't blame my mom or anybody. I think sometimes I do appreciate her for some of the ways you know, because being a single mom to five girls. She has yeah. to be strong. That yeah. was that. That is hard work. So mm-hmm. I don't hundred mm-hmm. percent say, "Oh, mom, you are supposed to." I understand completely that. Yes, that's what she only knew how to do best. She only she mm-hmm. did what she knew how to do best. Mm-hmm. But does that make it right? No. Does right. that mean that's that right. we don't need help? Well, yeah. So sometimes when I behave certain way and uh, yeah, it's because of I feel. I have a lot of, I just want to, want to just talk to someone. I will still do this no matter what. I just want to open up and just be free. We are the, there's no cameras, there's nothing. Yes. That's, yeah. I could just speak without, you know, any, I don't know if you get it. Fear, fear of retribution, yeah. fear of judgment, That's just it. to be, and yeah. I believe I'm someone when I talk, I feel better. Mm-hmm. And the other things I can still not share with my mom right now because I feel like, oh, when she, when I feel like, oh, I didn't know that hurt you, should have just said that. Yeah, I know that saying it to her face now might make her, because now she knows better. Being in Europe, she has said, okay, that was the best way. So now she knows better. Me pointing out, but I, we all told that way, yeah, thank God, but I should be grateful for her, you know, being there for us, not walking out like my dad did. You understand? So for me to say thank you, I don't want to keep pointing out, oh, you should have done, not done this, you should have done this, you should have... She didn't know better. That was what she knew. So it's, I can't be pointing it out to her all the time. I don't know if you get yeah. me. Yeah. I, I, I understand what you mean. I think, what I think though, is that, because I, I, I've, I am I have a similar sort of experience in that I there's a lot of things from my childhood and upbringing that I'm still not I still am f- affected by and not happy about and yeah. deeply hurt by, right? And like you said, you know, our parents tried they 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 sacrificed, they did, you know, did all these things, but now that I'm a mother, I have to say this. My children did not ask to be here. My child did not ask to be here. And it's my responsibility to do everything in my power. Or let's, let's put it this way. I can't imagine putting my child in a situation where they would experience any kind of hurt or pain or trauma. Okay. 
And if that were to occur, if that were to occur, I feel that as a parent, regardless of how old that child is, that they have a right to come to me and tell me how they feel because it's therapy for them. In order for them to heal, they need to be able to come to me and tell me every and dump everything on me. Tell me what I did wrong, what, what you would have liked for me to do better so that they can heal and so that I can also become a better continue to become a better parent to them because being a parent is a lifelong thing. It doesn't end when your child is 30, 40, 50, 60, 80 years old. Mm -hmm. And although I, I see what you're saying in the sense that you don't want to pile on to your mom because you really feel that she, um, she, she, she hung in there and she took care of you guys, especially, and we're going to get to that very soon about, you know, what happened. No, with that's that. not the reason why I'm not yeah. piling in. The yeah. reason why, the main reason is because I came to understand that yeah. that was what they only knew to do. It's like you grow up knowing that a cup has to be like this. You don't know any other way. So yeah. you have yeah. to put the cup like that. Yeah. Their yeah. parents brought them up like that. Yeah. They were not, you know, able to maybe, at that point in time, she has not traveled outside Africa, and, you know, the chunks of Nigeria before. She was not maybe watching so much movies. Like, there was no point. If you even go mm -hmm. to the school, even yeah. the school, the teachers are still even beating you. So yeah. there is no yeah. way she could, she didn't see any difference. Okay, I see There is no mean. place of, yeah. I have the opportunity to understand that this was not a way to do it, but I, and I choose to still do it this way. This is what I, I know how to do it. And I did yeah. how I did it. You get it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I understand. It's like being here now in Europe. I know yeah. fucking a child is wrong. Mm -hmm. Even though I know this and I still choose to do it, that's different. Now I know better. I know you can talk to a child. It's not even being that spanking is wrong. I have come to understand that spanking is not the only way to talk to a child. Right. You could talk to a child. They understand. Even my little daughter, when I talk to her husband, she... When, even when I give her some eyes, she understands it. So sometimes it's not only the spank. I've come to understand it. So now that I know the both ways, and I still choose to do the spank, then yeah, that's that a is different where story. you can now say, okay, yeah. you knew better. Why did you do yeah. it this way? I, yeah, I think that's where I think that's where that's where it's a little bit different in 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 my experience because I grew up in the U.S. Yeah, and my parents were living there, and they were <laughs> exposed to okay. a different kind of way yeah. of doing things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I see your point. It makes sense. Like if you're living in, I think it's a different situation when you're actually living in Nigeria, where you're yeah. that's all you're surrounded by, that's all you see. It's happening all around you. That's the society. That's the norm, right? Um, but me growing up in the United States, that was not the norm. It was definitely like your parents were dis deciding against what was actually yeah. the accepted I'm not normal way. Appearance, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. It doesn't make you right, no matter what we try yeah. to say. Even me yeah. saying that's all they know how to do. Yeah, that's it. It doesn't still make it right. Yeah, but it makes me kind of want to be understanding. Yes, but it doesn't make it like oh that's right and they're okay then let's let's let it rest that they did great no but in your parents situation you know yeah. I think even before coming to Af uh, America they were born in Africa I think they lived in as a 
a bigger part of their life or more time. They grow into when they came to America, they were adults, right? So, uh, young adults, yeah, yeah. yeah so the foundation is Africa setting. Even yeah. till today, let's come to today. There are still some parents that find it difficult coming from Africa to this setting, having kids here. Why should, why can't I spank my child? Why? Because that is what they are used to. What are you telling me? You want my child to, to be corrupt, to be spoiled? It's like, it's mm-hmm. not that they don't want to, they think it's the right way. They think mm-hmm. this way of not spanking, the Europeans are wrong. You can't tell me that. So your parents thought they were doing the best thing because that was what they saw. That's mm-hmm. what they are used to. So what you guys are saying here is good for you guys, but I think <laughs> it's not the right way because mm-hmm. there's still this mentality that European kids are not, they're not, they don't have respect. Africans will tell you they don't have respect. They're not because they feel like they are not being spanked. So when your parents came and looking at back in the days, I don't even think they would want to listen to that. Now maybe more, more now. Yeah. Blacks, Africans are getting in tune with this. But back yeah. in those days, I think they it's not much different from my mom's setting because even though they are exposed to it, it's yeah. difficult for them to accept it. Yeah. Because yeah. it's not it's not the best way. Yeah. And it's interesting. What I think is very funny about that mentality that somehow they think that the Europeans or that the Americans are somehow worse off or that their children are worse. It's interesting how you left Africa, where things are not functioning, (laughs) where things are going backwards, where everybody is getting spanked. You came to Europe where nobody is getting spanked, but things are working. (laughs) Things are functioning. That's That's a nice one. You know, and it's like, how do you justify, okay, you you guys are spanking your kids and what does your country have to show for all of that, right? So, So good point, good point, good point, yeah. Yeah, because, because I always used to, whenever my parents would make such, oh, you know, we don't want you to end up like these Americans, it's like, then why are you here? Why did you come to America if this place is so bad? Why are you here? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, yeah, but but I understand what you mean. It's it's I think, you know, each generation tries to improve itself, yeah, it's right? It's getting better. Yeah. It's getting better. And yes, I think each generation gets better. As it mm-hmm. goes, it will be more 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 better. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um and that's it, it, interestingly this kind of comes into my next question that has to do with the philosophy around parenting. So your husband being German, you be, you coming from Nigeria, mm-hmm. do you guys have the same philosophy? I, I know you just said that you don't spank your daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys basically have more or less the same ideas when it comes to how you want to raise your daughter? Or do you guys have sometimes conflicting, conflicting? Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think my husband... You know, pampas high, but oh, my was a man. And when he does that, she's like, Papa. You see her? Immediately she spends a lot of time with him. And then she comes to me, she's so naughty. It's like, <laughs> you just see her so, you know, yeah. it doesn't, no matter what she, she's doing, he's like, even when she does something, 
maybe she she did something so nasty and he wants to maybe tell her, oh, it's not nice. Oh, my is it my is mine. Oh, you know. His voice is always, she doesn't know the difference between when he's pampering and when he's correcting. You get it? His, 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 his tone is kind of the same. So when I, but sometimes, me, I'm kind of, because, you know, Africans, we are used to the spanking. When you cannot spank, it's like, well, there's somebody has handcuffs your hand, yeah, so you want to shout. So I'm good at the shouting and the, hey, let me stop it. <laughs> so when I scream, sometimes it's like, calm down, why are you screaming? It's just, it's just little, like, okay. Yeah. Then when we yeah. go out, and she's so, maybe naughty and she's mm-hmm. you know she kind of frustrated with the shopping was and he see other people's kids you know comported doing and our own is rolling on the floor doing baby he's so sad oh that, because you pamper her too much when you over pamper kids this is what you get then now that was in the beginning so now when i'm reprimanded it's like he just pretends now I tell you, well yeah because i tell you we can't both be you know, it's good for one parent to be maybe calm. Let's one be the discipline. Okay, you be the disciplinary. Let me be the calm one. But when one is disciplined, you don't go out pamper. When you see the discipline one in action, if you cannot, you know, you don't have to discipline at that point because the child, you, both of you cannot both be at the same. That's not nice. That's like, um, she's a baby. You don't put so much. Even if it's an adult, when one parent is talk, talking already, you just let that one handle it. Yeah. So since you feel like okay, you are not your tone, I think so he just keeps quiet. Before he normally go and pamper her when I'm mm-hmm. holding her, he'll mm-hmm. go and hug her, and then she doesn't get the correction. Mm-hmm. She thinks she did the right thing. So mm-hmm. I tell her, tell him no. When I'm scolding her, you don't pamper. Let her know this is code. This is what she did is wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't want to, you know, at that point in time, you feel like oh. I'm touched, maybe walk away from the environment. So now what he does is he just leaves the environment because he knows that, okay, he might, he can't hold himself. He won't yeah. hold her. And she already knows, so she automatically starts chasing him. When he's in the environment, she's like, oh, come like, so she's running after him because she wants to be pampered. But she knows that when, she's, when, when he pampers her, she keeps doing it. So yeah. now she sees that it's working. Yeah. Now when yeah. I scold her for something and she goes to him, he doesn't pamper her. She's uh-huh. he's sitting and then you know she gets over and later she she cleans her eyes and yeah. then she gets busy. She's playing. She forgets about yeah. it, but she doesn't repeat that anything. Right. Yeah. Right. So we right. clash in the beginning a lot about the way I scream or the way I you know used to scold her. But now he's now understand because at the point I allowed it, I just left him. So because I know that he will see it. So when we go out and she's then he started complaining. And then he asked me, one day he asked me, why is it that when you tell her, stop it, and I tell her, stop it, she laughs. When I say stop, when you say stop it, she immediately stops. And when I tell her, stop it, she's laughing and even coming to, you know, do it more on my face. I'm like, yes, because you are doing stop it. It's like yeah. your voice from when you are being playful with her to being it's, there's no difference. Children no understand when you are when you are pampering them. They know. Yeah. They feel. They know that even though you stop it, there's no there's no weight. It carries no exactly. weight. They know you will not do nothing. So when I yeah. stop it and she doesn't stop it, 
She knows that when I get there, I will take it from the thing from her and she might not get it back. Mm. So when I say yeah. stop it, or I would not give her that favor I drink. That yeah. love, Capri Sun she loves. <laughs> so then Amy, no Capri Sun. Oh, she drops it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that is just it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's the one area that a lot of parents tend to differ on when it comes to discipline or how to how to address children when they're misbehaving one parent wants to be a little bit more lenient the other one wants to be a little yeah. bit more strict i think that's a that's a typical yeah typical thing and among make the one who is who is this become like the bad guy the bad guy yeah yeah <laughs> exactly you're always the bad guy yeah but um i think it's really good i think the most important thing is that you guys have that good open line of communication about it and you know, he understands where you're coming from. and After a lot try- of arguments. Yeah. It was not an easy place to get to. So we should not yeah. think it was an easy ride. We we really clashed a lot about it. Sure. We sure. really clashed a lot. But yeah. I'm I'm glad that we have, you know, come to it. He understands that, okay, it can't, we can't both just pamper her. It yeah. won't be good for her. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it's, you know... I think parenting is like that. And I don't think that's a re- that has anything, that sounds like something that can happen even when two people are from the same cultural background. Yeah, yeah, yeah not, that's true. That's not something exclusive to German or African Nigerian women at all. Because I've heard this from people from the same backgrounds. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. anytime, if, 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 if I, if, I don't know, my husband is someone that. <laughs> I don't think if he ever sees me spank, I don't think that would ever slide. No, 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 no. The way the way he talks, even if maybe I was even mistaken, forget myself and do like this. You see the way he talks, you just when you remember it, the way he expresses it, like you dare you dare not do that to his child. Like you dare not. (laughs) He is not you can scream, you can chat, but that is it. Is yeah. It, is it, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Capitano. Yeah. 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 Me, me and my husband are on the same page about that. Like, even though I, I grew up in a home where spanking was routine because my parents both coming from Nigeria, for me, I made a decision. It's, it's, it's a breakfast. Long, long shantina. <laughs> there. Yeah. <laughs> like. Did it cost me? <laughs> no spanking. Absolutely no. My, my husband was never spanked. Never, wow. not one time, not one time in his whole life. He was never spanked, never hit. And so I'm glad that we're on the same page about that because I don't know if I could be with somebody that felt differently, that yeah. felt like, oh, that they, you know, want to physically punish the child. Mm-hmm. I'm totally against it. And I'm all about, I think you mentioned earlier about talking and 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 talking can be very exhausting, but very. you know what? Yeah, it's very exhausting. But when they are even, listening sometimes. Yeah, exactly. But I think it's very important for children to understand the thought process behind why you're saying no to certain things. And I think it's you not, know? sorry for cutting you, I think it's not yeah, just okay. talking alone. Sometimes mm-hmm. when you do a lot of talking, 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 there's never an action. The girls will go like, oh, she only talks. So sometimes it's, it's not only talk. Maybe you could not pang, but you could take that favorite thing, maybe like a yes. tablet sometimes. Like, yeah you know, consequences you know you get some, yeah. and when you have some consequences then it's a yeah. bit effective but 
when she sure. starts with talking, talking, get to a point that talking becomes yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She has I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I think it was, you know, when I was in high school, I used to work as a babysitter and I used to work in different people's homes. And I think that was where that was when I first got exposure to like what you said, like parents giving their children consequences instead of yeah. spanking them, yeah. like taking away their toys or taking away their TV mm-hmm. privileges mm-hmm. or not allowing them to go to their friend's birthday party or, you know, missing special events, like things mm-hmm. that would really like And that's hurt even the- more painful than spanking. Yes. Yes. It's more because painful. When you yeah. take that favorite thing from them, it's like, you should have even just spanked me. <laughs> Especially when, especially when that they really, you know, uh, like with my, like my daughter's tablet. Oh, she's. But uh, she when, when she wants to, you know, I try to reduce, you know, screen time. But when she does something like, okay, you did this, then even the screen time of one hour you're supposed to get or one and a half hour is reduced to thirty minutes. So at thirty minutes, I'm coming for it. She's screaming. Oh no, mama! No, 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 no! She's coming like no. No, and like you know, you need to let them know why you are taking it, even though yet she's not really talking like so. But if you see, if you see me talking about her, you think maybe she's talking, she's like, I don't know, maybe. but I treat her like she understands everything, and I, yeah, I see that she's understanding, like she, she understands, even though she's not, you know, speaking so much now yeah. because she's always on her schnola, which we are trying to stop. <laughs> so she's not really talking, but she says, Mama, she talks, she, she expresses yeah. herself, she says some things, but. Not everything. So I let mm-hmm. her know that the reason why I'm doing this is because you did this. So when I'm mm-hmm. giving it to her, tell her, I'm giving you this tablet, but I'm coming for it shortly because you did this. And then mm-hmm. she's looking at me like she, she understands or understand, I don't know. But when I come yeah. for it, I remind her, you know, you did this. You poured this on the floor. You did this. Like sometimes as when I give her yogurt, she just takes it and turns it upside down. And then she smears it all over the floor. That. All over. Yeah, and I've told her to stop this over time. So what yeah. I did to her now, as and I saw it works. Anytime she did it, I just give her wipes to clean it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, she cleans everything. My mom was shocked when she cleaned it. It's wet. She stays there, and when I say that, I said, no, you have to finish it. I stand there. I make. I help. I will not help her. I will help you to give you the wipes. You clean, even if it's not well clean, but at least she will pack a bunch of right. it. She stopped it. Today, she didn't pour the yogurt. Because when she knows she pours it, she'll do it. There's a big work. You are going to clean it up. She has drastically, That's like, smart. you know, stopped it. And yeah. Like, wow. So it's worked. It works. Wow, you don't want to clean. I should be the one. But when you are always cleaning, she doesn't know that it, it takes a lot of work. I used to clean it before. And she kept doing it. So I said, okay, now take over. Let's see whether you would enjoy it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so I think... I think that's smart. That's very smart. (laughs) Yeah, teaching them consequence, teaching them that like when you make a mess, somebody has to clean it. It's not just you dump it and you just walk away. Like someone has to clean it and that person will be you. And so (laughs) she learns and not to do that anymore. I think that that's really, really smart. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think like you said, those things are more taking things away you know, uh, those kind of punishments are more painful than hitting the child, um, far more effective and helps them to actually process and think about yeah. what happened and why they shouldn't do it again. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, so the last part of our interview that I oh, want to get okay. to, very excited, 
African culture, African culture. So we talked earlier about how your husband has embraced um, the Ghanaian, Nigerian culture. I've seen the videos where he's preparing, helping to prepare the food, happily enjoying the food with you and Amy at the table, which I think is so beautiful, by the way. So, so beautiful. Um, but is there anything about your culture that your husband disagrees with or finds a little bit strange? Has there ever been things that he's asked you about that, that he's been kind of confused on or just didn't really like or agree with? The big thing is that the way we, the way we worship our style of, no, it's a Christian, but, you know, uh-huh. the African way of worship is quite the same form. Yeah. Yeah. So when we when we said that you know, got married, sister, I have to pray. In the night, I have to go and I have to go and destroy the witches in my father's house. I have to stand up and pray at twelve midnight. And you know, <laughs> the African in me, one of I did a, I did a, I did a short TikTok video where with the sound where the man is screaming and you know my husband woke up <laughs> and he was like. I'm like, where your, where your African wife start prayer at 12 midnight? You can't sleep. And that was, people thought it was a joke, but that was actually what we experienced when we met newly. Yeah. I would be praying. And when I pray sometimes, you know, so when you get, you know, carried away, you begin to pray a bit loud. You know? And my husband was like, you just text me because most of the time I'm downstairs praying and I will hear my phone pimping, I will look at it. Babe, you are so loud, I can't sleep. The devil is a liar. Oh, keep praying. You know, initially I was like, Oh, this man don't want me this man don't want me to pray. Why? Why? So I think we get to talk about it and like, why is it that you have to pray almost all the time at night? Why? I'm like, because the devil does not sleep. But at least the devil has a pause. The devil has pause. I'm like, no, I never don't have to talk about it. So I so I said, okay, I think, let me be, you know, understanding. So I said, I prayed in the, I'll go to the keller. There's a room that's, you know, far, far, far. So then I prayed there. He doesn't hear the sound anymore. And it was like, okay. So that was very, he can't understand why. Mm-hmm. Why did you guys pray so much? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you chasing? What's chasing you? Like, mm-hmm. why? Prayer is good. We pray. But this guy, he asked me, he said, well, this level of prayer if you are in, if you are in, I tell you, be a pastor, automatic. Like he calls me pastor. I'm like I'm not a pastor, but <laughs> this level of prayer, you are a pastor. You are a pastor. No, no, no. Then the other thing is, you know, he has to understand this um, born again thing. I don't know how is a Catholic. I don't know how they do it. I'm not. I'm. I'm not into the Catholic or um, you know religious. Or I don't know. I don't religion mm-hmm. ways of worship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe. It is European or it's Catholic. I don't know. I can't differentiate. I can't say, but he really did not understand this born again stuff. Okay. You know, everything. So I have to explain it to him. But mm-hmm. I didn't rush him. I just let I prayed more. The thing is, I've always been one wanted to marry a God fearing man. When I met him, he knew he's a Christian. His mom is a very strong Catholic. Like she mm-hmm. goes to church very not common, like Common Jamal who doesn't go to church Sundays. She's a strong Catholic. So mm-hmm. he used to be a what do you call those people that follow the Reverend Father? Those boys in the Catholic Church. Oh, the altar boys. Yes, yeah, he used to be an altar boy. The sister okay. used to be in the choir. So they uh-huh. are church, you know, in the church they were groomed there. But 
He didn't mm-hmm. understand. You know, they don't pray the way we pray. And when he's born again, they understand certain things. Yeah. But when I used to talk about it, it's like, okay, okay. And I didn't force it. I just let us know when we are going for it. When we are driving, when we're going somewhere, we're just, we're just, he'll be asking. He was very inquisitive, very inquisitive. Yeah. He didn't yeah. find it, he didn't he find it very strange and like intriguing. Let me call it intriguing. He wanted yeah. to, I saw that he was always asking. So that mm-hmm. when I'm reading my Bible, he would want to know. It's like, okay, why this? And so that I read with him. And then at times, they followed me to church, to the African church. And when they went there the first time, I was like, why is he so loud? <laughs> why are they so loud? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, it's African, you know. Yeah. yeah. So the church we are going to now, he likes it. It's not so loud like the other one. And he's like, oh, this one is better. It's calmer. Yeah, it's better. So as time goes on, he started following me to, I, he, you know, he decided to say, okay, he wants to be baptized. So he mm. got to a point where he went through a, you know, before he decided to be baptized, he first of all went through a, it's like a Bible study. We have the one-on-one with my pastor. My pastor would call us and we would both sit. He would teach us. We did that for weeks, for months, for months. He would learn, he would study. So he gradually got to a point where I said, like, okay. I want to be baptized. I want to be born again. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So I think I put the video on TikTok where he got baptized. So oh, he got okay. baptized. My pastor yeah. baptized him. And yeah, so that was the thing that he never understood. But now, uh, in fact, when I'm, when I'm praying, it's like, babe, hold my hand. Let's pray. Let's yeah. go. So he yeah. got to But now, if I'm on the prayer line, it's like, I'm in the room. It's like, oh, you can't, you can't stay in the bed. I'm listening to the prayer. I want to hear mm-hmm. the prayer. So you see, mm-hmm. some of those things, you don't have to force it, I think. Right. You just have to explain. And if the person is not getting it, let it be. Like, what I mean, let it be is, they must not understand it in a day. And when Peter when it comes to those Christians, I just I just pray to God that, God, you are the only one who can convict someone. Like, I can only tell someone about Christ. Like, generally, not even him. You can only mm-hmm. preach, but it's the Holy Spirit who convicts the person who will do the work. So anytime mm. I talk to him, I just say a little prayer, God, this seed I have sold in his heart, I know he's confused, make it make sense to him. Even now, he's not 100% like making it, but it's better. It's like 80% mm-hmm. like it makes sense. So mm-hmm. for someone who will say he cannot sleep, to someone who I cannot pray with him in bed, even if it's loud, and he's okay, he's <laughs> enjoying it, yeah. it's coming along. But I yeah. did pressure him and let it yeah it just kind of organically rubbed off on him and it just became something that he wanted to be honest that's the most happiest thing if you ask me what's the most happiest thing like when it comes to this culture difference like this is it because my husband coming to know god more sometimes he reminds me babe let's pray there's no better joy that gives me like it gives me so much joy how seeing him grow Mm -hmm. you know it gives me joy. I'm so happy yeah. that mm-hmm. I can see I can see him just growing in the Lord. Yeah. It gives me that's so beautiful. much joy. Yeah, so that's yeah. one thing that we, we had a bit different. When it comes to food, not really. It was just hopeful to anyone who doesn't like it's like I don't like this one. And then, yeah. yeah, but apart from that that was the biggest mm-hmm. thing for him that I don't get mm-hmm. this. Yeah. I don't get this. <laughs> and I know you've talked in your videos about the fact that he 
He, as a German, he's used to eating cold food at night. Yeah, and he doesn't that's really also, like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one was a big thing. I think we, that was one of our, one of the major fights also, yeah. But that was coming more from me, not him, because I didn't understand why, as a new wife, I'm going to cook for you and you're telling me you're going to eat cold food. He went to work <laughs> and trying to you know, be a nice woman. We just got yeah. married. I just prepared something nice. I thought he's coming home to say, or tell you know, African man, well, you know, nice warm me, you will fuck your wife. You are happy, but this man will come and say, Oh, man, no, sorry, I can't eat that. I eat cold food at night. I take my bread and my base and like, so, <laughs> in other words, therefore, yeah. when oh, you can put this in the fridge, tomorrow I can eat it for lunch. I was, I get, I, I felt like you are not, you are just being, you know, you're not being appreciative of my effort. How could right. I, you know, do all this? But I was not listening to him. Tomorrow I'm still cooking the same thing. I think um, know. I would think maybe tomorrow would be better. They told me, I don't eat cold. I eat me like a warm food in the evening. Like, it's right. a thing. It's not like today will be this. Today will be better. Tomorrow will be right. better. So um, after a while, I and I understood. Okay, okay. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> My husband's like that as well. He doesn't like to eat anything heavy at night. He can I sometimes think just... with jammers. Yeah, it's it's there. It's a which to be honest, for me, I was like, oh, that's good. Less work for me. <laughs> I don't have to cook. I can just follow him and eat something cold and relax, and I don't have to stress myself. Well, uh, and you eat something yeah. cold and relax. Me, if I don't eat my African food, I don't need relax. <laughs> Okay, you were born in America, maybe that's why. Yeah, you have I'm used you know, to it. I can't I'm used to it. Like that. Yeah, I mean, so, for me, I'm, I'm kind of flexible. I can do hot or cold. It doesn't bother yeah. me one way or the other. You got yeah. to, I mean, right now, I used to even cook for him lunch, and sometimes it's like, oh, baby, the way you cut this dinner. And one day I told him, you know what? Um, you, you, you are very, very, a mother is picky, but he's, you know, specific about something that I like, you know. Maybe you should try to be cooking a bit more. Let me maybe watch you cook. And I don't know that. I don't know if that was a bad thing I said. I don't know. But since I said that, he, he said like cooking his food. And I don't know. He, when I offered to cook, it's like, oh, no, I see that you don't enjoy it. I'm not bothered about it. I, I don't want to make you do something you don't enjoy. I'm like, it's not like I don't enjoy it, but I just feel like I don't really understand how you always want it to be. Okay. So it's like, oh no, let me do it. And I think it, it has been like, it has been lingering. For, it's like, what? This is like in the moment now. We are still dealing with it. Like, maybe in two months, I've cooked for him once or twice. In two months, mm. he just mm-hmm. want to cook his food himself. Yeah. I was born and my mother said, You're not normal. In fact, me, I, if you're not happy, you want to be cooking. Yeah? So what is cooking? He said, and then she told me, Jamals don't see cooking as a big deal. If no. it's an African man, I will tell you maybe he's pissed and he's like, it means it's a wrestler. It means there's, right. there's a, something brewing in the air. Yeah. But it's like, for a German man, it's not, no. he just no. feel like he doesn't want to trouble you. He wants to do it. And it's like, this country, they they feel like you should be entitled to do what, like nobody's supposed to, to clean after you, cater for you, no. serve you. Nobody's your maid. So, if exactly. I don't enjoy it, he, he understands it and he wants to. It's not I don't enjoy it, but since I don't understand, I complain sometimes about yeah. it. Like, okay, I can and let me do it. So, yeah. but sometimes I don't feel 
happy that so I push sometimes to still cook. But when I cook and then he takes over, it's like, don't worry, babe. You got this. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. it has relieved me so of stress, let me not lie. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. A big stress. I'm like, okay, let me Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I see it. It's definitely an advantage, you know, because they don't have that expectation yeah, that you must, that you must cook. Yeah. You that's don't what, have that when pressure. You're asking me the difference between being married to a German and African, yeah, that's one big difference. Yeah. Most African, there are few African, there are few that would not mind, but oh, maybe one in 500 <laughs> or oh, one in 100. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Let's ask tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> It's not common. Yeah, it's not common. Except maybe he was born in the western side. Mm -hmm. He grew up with that culture. But an African man born in Africa grew up there. Yeah, it's one in every 50. That would say, okay, I don't mind if my wife don't cook. Let me just, you know, we can relax my wife. Stretch your legs. I do all the cooking. Sometimes I'm not even doing anything. Maybe I'm just editing videos or I'm Mm -hmm. trying to don't have really maybe something doing. He still does it. He just does, still does it, yeah. Nice. I love that. Sometimes people ask me, babe, should I make for two? Ooh. Yeah, that would have never been. Yeah. Yes, please. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, please. (laughs) Yes, dear. Yes, dear. Yeah. 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 I I love it. My husband does the same, you know. And it's a, you know, living here, you know, we don't, you're, you're on your own as far as taking care of the majority of the responsibility for your child and for your household. And so, it's one less stress if you don't have to prepare yeah. fresh food every single day. Mm-hmm. And if you have a partner that's willing to jump in and do it, because living here is stressful. You know, everything is on you. Everything is on it's you. Huh. Yeah, everything. Every day is a big Because when I just cook my African food one day, I can stock it in the freezer. And when he's cooking his own, maybe when I feel like eating my own, not that I yeah. cook twice a month. Good. I stopped my freezer. Yeah, exactly. That's it. You just put, take it out, warm it up, and yeah, eat the it. Only that's person it. That makes me cook maybe more is my daughter, but that's very right. difficult. Just little, little things for her. That's yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Know, quick things, not so tough, something, you know? Exactly. Yeah, so... Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so, Sandy, I wanted to talk a little bit about this very emotional video that you bravely shared on your channel. Um, and this has to do with your father abandoning the family yeah. because your mother had given birth to all girls and hadn't produced a son. Mm-hmm. Now, first, let me just say how incredibly impressed I was with the courage that you had to share this story um, because I know that it couldn't, it wasn't easy. You were very, emotional in the video I could see that um you know it's very prevalent in Nigeria specific I could speak specifically about Nigeria perhaps it's happening in other African countries as well mm-hmm. that fathers or male relatives have this obsession with having a male child so what I just wanted to talk about is where does this obsession come from and whether or not you think the cultural attitudes about this have changed since you were a child, yeah? But yeah, let's start with just talking about 
what is this, this obsession with boys yeah. in Nigerian culture? I think it depends, you know, in the olden days when when you have a male child, it, it started from, let's go back, 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 let's say, I don't know. You know, people, let's start from royalty. It is known that male children inherit the throne of their father. Mm-hmm. That was it's a thing. So when kings are, or when you are in position where you someone has to, your your son has to you know come and take over or be your successor, you want to have a male child because when you don't, it means that 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 throne is leaving your family. So you see kings marrying many wives to achieve this. Maybe the first wife has not given them a male child yet. They go for as far as four or five wives until they get it. And sometimes they want to have the more male child, the better. Because if you have one, it's like all your heads is in one basket. Something can go wrong. They think maybe the child, something happens along the way. So what happens? So you can't put your head in one basket. You have more male child. So male child became like, it what dignifies you as a man. Because mm-hmm. it's what carries your name. They carry your name, they carry the lesson lesson to royalty, royalty. they carry the throne, they continue to keep that in the family. Then let's bring it to an ordinary man. Male children are known to be the one to carry your name. Mm -hmm. So this mentality of when the female child gets married and the name is being changed, it's like they've lost a child. Automatically, she's gone. And then they feel that it is only the male children that can be traced back to the to their to their own lineage. Like, okay, when you hear their name is maybe John Smith, the daughter can get married and become from Sarah Smith to Sarah Johnson. The Smith is gone. But the male child will keep Smith going. And then, you know, it continues. So when it comes to inheritance to um I'm breaking it down. So it started yeah. from kings always struggling for it so that they will be their successor, you know. They will have it to keep the legacy, you know, going. They will need also the name to keep going. They don't want, you know, their name to just disappear or yeah. go like that. And yeah. then when it comes to inheritance too, mm-hmm. they feel like when they give their inheritance to female children, it's the same thing. They get married. It's another man's son. That's going to be in charge of their sweat. God forbid. It is mm. their son who's going to inherit their house because mm-hmm. you are having the name. You mm-hmm. are the one who's going to remain in that family. They, they, you know, bearing that name, carrying on the legacy. So you should have the inheritance. I cannot sweat for someone to come and take my inheritance. For someone's son, marry my daughter and taking my inheritance and enjoying it. Never. So all of us point out to every man wants a male child. It becomes mm. like a a tug of war. You see them yeah. marrying two wives, three wives. It's like when you have a female child, in those days they are not even considered a man. Yeah. Wow. When you have female children, they look at you like <laughs> when your when your friends are talking, they're like, oh yeah, I have children. It's like you don't have it, you don't have children, you don't have a child yet. You are not recognized as a man, a father, 
until you have a male child. Because those female children, they feel like you just have them, you are taking care of someone's property. It's like, how would I put it? It's like, all right, they will go. They are not proper. That's why those days they don't send female children to school because they feel like it's a loss. I will train you for another person's son to come and enjoy you. No, no, no. They are going to go to school. So since the male child is the one who will keep the name, keep the legacy, keep everything that he is, you know, is what dignifies or shows that you are a man. Now you can speak. Now you are man enough to talk. Now when the elders are talking, when men are talking, you can talk because now you have a son. So you can open your mouth and speak in the gathering of men. But when you don't have a male, a male child, you know, they even have the Hollywood acted movies like this, where you see elders gathered, and the one who doesn't have a male child, maybe only female, when he wants to even cough and contribute, they're like, uh-huh. it's like you can't talk in the midst of men. These wow. are because they will ask you, where is your your like like where's your child? Do you have a, do you have do you have somebody to carry your? We don't even know. After you go, it's like you are off the air. You please the way we are talking, we don't talk. These are men. Wow. It's like so a male child signifies you are now a man. Yeah. Wow. Sometimes when they, when they say when you have it, when the woman has a child, they ask, What is the sex? Like, what does she have? Male child. Yay! Correct. You know, there's a different joy when it's a female and a male child. The celebration, mm-hmm. the way they they go about it the way they praise the man. Now you are a man. Now you are correct. Yeah. Is it? Feel me. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Congratulations. It's not like we didn't congratulate you, but try again harder next time. <laughs> you, you have not have a child yet. That's why it's child. You need a child. You need someone to carry your name. So that is the why the whole crew. So every man feels insecure when they don't have yet a male child. It's like they are not complete. They are not. They are incomplete. There is. They need someone to make them complete to give them that sense of I am now a man. Someone can carry on my name. I can speak when my mates are speaking. So that is where the crazy, all the crazy talk of I need a male child all stem from. It is just those silly, silly things. Yeah, it's silly, but. It's, so today it's still there. It's still there. But yeah. it's just that the 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 rate is not as high. Like the way it is reducing, but it's not been completely eradicated. Like some people still have this mentality, but just that now people have been enlightened. Let's talk about like what we're talking about is spanking. It's just the same thing. Yeah. Slowly yeah. it has been like our generation now, like our set and now knowing that okay. This is, so mm-hmm. men in this generation are saying, oh, female children are also children. Like, it doesn't matter. Now a man cannot say that. But when you still go back a bit and ask our fathers, they will still tell you, mm-hmm, you need a male child. Mm-hmm. So it's changing. And some men still believe that, just that majority of them are getting enlightened and going, okay, it doesn't mean that if you have a female child, even if she's bearing someone else's name, that doesn't mean that she's no longer your child. That doesn't make her lesser 
of yeah of like it doesn't make it doesn't change anything. A female child yeah. is as equal as a male child. There is nothing wrong with it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't change yeah. anything. Yeah. I think that's the the most perplexing part for all of this for me to get my head around now that I'm a parent is that how can I look at my child as having any less value to me simply because of my name or my my status or mm-hmm. it, it I, I, me, me, I don't know it's just it's so hard for me to understand that because I see this this is I know you you know the feeling you look at your child and you're just bursting with so much love and so yeah. much affection and you want to to pour all your love into this child I, I it's just so hard for me to wrap my mind around how anything external whether it's uh, respect uh land uh, or title legacy like how any of that could influence the love the genuine love that i have for my flesh and blood that's the part that really that is so difficult for me to 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 wrap my head around how that could be more important to you than your own flesh and blood that's what's hard for me Mm. yeah it's so it's so sad but it will shock you to see the length the extent like men go even to today, but it's getting better just to get a new child. Like it's intense. The 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 how will I call it? Is it the craziness or the hype yeah. about getting a new child? It caused a lot of you know a lot of issues in families. Many sure. many women yeah. were victim of this. Like my mom being having female children, and many women were being traumatized. Um, abused physically, mm-hmm. emotionally, because they could not produce male children. It is sad. They were being seen less as even they were being seen as like, um, how would I put it, empty barriers. Let me just wow. Like yeah, it's like we are producing only if the female children are considered empty barrier, they, they are considered empty barrier because you cannot produce. So in in, in a marriage like polygamous home, those mothers who were those ones who were able to the the, pay, the woman who's able to produce a male child is being shown a special love and attention than the other women who are in the female children. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to Yeah I understand. Yeah they yeah. have yeah. privilege special yeah I've heard about yeah. that. And they also yeah. want to put it in the eyes of the other women. Oh I did it. You couldn't do it. You know <laughs> And and this is all before people had any understanding around how it all works with sperm. Even if you are explaining it to some men, you just, they still don't get it. Some do, some now get it. That's why we are getting the change enlightenment now. Some are enlightened that like, oh, okay, it makes sense. But some are still like, when we are still seeing media, like, they don't understand that the woman has no control yeah. over what sex comes out. It's what you give. It's what they, it's what, it's what give. you give. <laughs> we give you what you give us. But exactly. We get what we give. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. Don't get exactly. It. Yeah. So 
so your father left the family. I know you, in the video, you said that he left when you were quite young. So you never yeah, knew yeah. him. You never knew him. Um, when he left, did he did he eventually get that son that he wanted? Yeah, did he? he, did, he, did, he, did, he did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. From another mm-hmm. woman, he did. From another woman, okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he ever met the supposed son. Uh-huh. Well, uh-huh. Brother, so I don't know. He had other kids, not just all. I think I think he has five or so other kids. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know them because he never made that before he died, he never made that opportunity where he could at least make peace. Well, I mean make peace, not that he would like it's left for us to forgive, but at least, you know, make that take that step of reaching out, you understand? To say, okay, um, I did this, and this be remorseful. Even if we forgive you or not, let's just, it's up to us, but you try to. So I think among all, everyone, I'm the one who is more hot because everybody knew him except me. I'm the last child and yeah. left when, when I was a baby. So, yeah. And that is why, that is what I was telling you that I needed therapy and all that. Those are sure. the things I was talking about to my mom. That mm-hmm. Those things are, it's like, I've not really dealt with it because it really affected me a lot. Mm-hmm. How I even, you know, ended up this far. It's just the grace of God. And when I say religion, it's also done good. Like, not just also done good, great good and yeah, some people also would say that they're not saying it doesn't have another effect. Some people take religion in another way and it's kind of got the wrong yeah. But when you handle it the right way, I think that also helped. Yeah, I used to have that feeling of, oh, no man love me. Like, I mm. never wanted to. I would have, when I was in secondary school, I used to write books like mm-hmm. The Agony of a Woman. Pain of of motherhood. I used to write very. My friends understand why I write. I don't write my name. I just write it like I'm being creative. But yeah. it was my mom's story. It was our story, and I used to be. You could see that I I have a lot of bottled up emotions against men, and you would fear. I think if not religion or something, these are the kind of children that. Pardon me, I'm not okay. Some children pardon me, but okay. these are the kind of children that sometimes might have hate towards men and maybe choose to be with a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you understand what I'm trying to say? Because when you feel that, when you have this feeling, it could lead to that. Because I used to feel, oh, no man loves me. Like the only man in the world that's supposed to show me, the first man I'm supposed to know, that's supposed to show me what love he's like father love I didn't get. yeah right so yeah yeah I felt really empty mm-hmm. and going to boarding school I think it was tinted that was where it heightened that was where I started writing those books you know mm-hmm. visiting day parents would come and visit the kids yeah. you know and my mom at that time had traveled mm-hmm. so my and my boarding school was not in the same state where we stayed so I practically had no visitors Mm. So everyone would be hugging their dad, mm. sometimes their mom. I would just watch it, and I just wished. I mean, yeah. I would think maybe if my dad was alive at that time, he was dead. 
where I was like, okay, if I even knew him and he was alive or something, I used to feel like, okay, maybe he would have been here. It's not even him being dead. Like, even when he was alive, I think he was not dead. So, being dead or alive, sorry to say, but there was no difference. Yeah. yeah. There was no difference. Yeah. I had yeah. the same, you know, anger mm-hmm. towards him. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I just felt that emptiness. Mm-hmm. And I think I started to tell myself, oh, I'm, I'm not going to let any man deceive me. So, when I finished secondary school, maybe a guy is telling me I love you. Liars. So, I saw all men to be liars. I was not really open to, you know, believing that a man can genuinely love me. So, if my father cannot love me, who are you to love me? Right, right. Who are you to tell me? Why would I believe you love me when the man who gave birth to me walked out without looking yeah. back? So, why yeah. would I believe you love me? Yeah. It took me, you know, time, you know. When I gave my life to Christ and I started, you know, reading the Bible, getting okay, Christ loves me. So it started from the place of me accepting and knowing that Christ loves me. I grew up in a Christian home, but when I gave my life to Christ, it was something I did personally after secondary school. Just as I right after secondary school, I gave my life to Christ. So I'm like, okay, if Christ loved me this much, then someone can still love me. Yeah. There are people out there, there are, there's a man who can love me. Yeah. So that is yeah. where I just, you know, okay. I started yeah. to open up and I could date, I could be in a relationship, you know. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I now had, it was difficult, even I'm in a relationship, I always ask, are you sure you love me? I always feel that, do you really love me? I don't even get it. Yeah, I understand. So sometimes I go ask my husband, so like, do, you, do you really love me? But babe, how could you ask yeah. that? I love you, but you understand. Okay, I just wonder. We always want to be reassured. Yeah, you get it. Yeah, so, I want yeah. to be reassured, even though I know it. Just always tell me, reassure me. It's like that is it. So it's it's really it's really tough when when I don't even want. I know that there are a lot of ladies or who went through this in Africa and okay. they have dealt with it in different ways. Yeah, but. Imagining what this might have, the, the amount of damage this might have caused sure. to some men, to some ladies. Even sure. to today, what there are people still going through it. When I did yeah. that video, check the comments. There were lots of yes. ladies who were saying they would yes. never forgive their father for things, never right. forgive. It's like we were forming a community. When I read the comment, I was like, okay. People yes. were telling me to forgive. Those people went under the comment, never tell her to forgive. We will not forgive. I'm like, okay. If you ask me about forgiving him, I don't know. That's my answer. I don't know. Because I just, I would say I've forgiven him. But sometimes when I sit down and think, maybe I've forgiven, but it's just difficult to forget. And the whole trauma it cost me. Right. So, right. Yes, because right now when I'm saying it, it's the pain is no longer that intense, but I wish he was alive. I would have maybe asked him certain questions. Really? Now that I'm an adult, I would have looked for him myself, asked him certain questions. But would I have myself, would that have changed anything? Maybe not. I just needed closure, that's all. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get that closure. Him dying, I think, him, him, even like when I heard it die, when I heard it was, you know, no more, I think that's worst indeed. Why? 
if it was alive, I feel like maybe I would have seen someone to vent to, right. scream out, to ask questions. So there was there's nobody to ask questions anymore. Nobody to vent to. It's like yeah. So it's you like you're never gonna get that closure. You, you you won't get that cl- that closure or get the opportunity to try to get some kind of closure. That's the to the yeah. to, to your questions to, to the to yeah. the question marks you have in your mind mm-hmm. yeah and sometimes that's why i want to just push him i'm not trying to prove a point to him i'm just trying to say a girl child can do anything can achieve anything as a child you you cannot tell you cannot say that a girl child is useless we are not useless we are not it's normally the girl children when the parents get very old it's normally the girl children who are looking into the you know affairs of their elderly parents are the elderly parents being well taken care of are they having a shower every day are they getting fresh food are they who's doing the shopping for them it's normally the girl children who are the ones looking into those details about their parents you know so, and, and not only that, we live in a society today where there's equal opportunity for men and women. Yeah. If anything, from what I hear and from what I see, even in Nigeria, and of course, definitely in the United States and even here in Europe, women are even out-earning men in a lot of careers. In most companies, if they have to choose between a man and a woman for certain jobs, they'll take the woman. You know, yeah. women, there's more women in colleges and universities. The ratio every year, every school year, you're seeing the ratio of men to women. Mm-hmm. The, the, men, the men is de- the men, the number of men is decreasing. The number of men is of women is increasing. I mean, there's no in terms of differences, in terms of earning power, in terms of contribution to the family resources. There's no difference between men and women, if anything. Yeah. Times you're even luckier when you have a daughter. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Very correct. Yes. Yes. Um, but um, you know, be, becoming a parent has that made it harder? Like I know you say you know you're sad your dad is gone now, so you can't like confront him or anything. But yeah, would you say that now that you're a parent, it's it's just like what I mentioned earlier that it's maybe harder for you to understand his his decision in the sense that you 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 feel very protective of your child and you can't understand how someone can leave and never look back in that way. Surprisingly enough, I mm. how would I put it? Mm. I just tend to. Yeah. Not think so much about him anymore mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. when when he died, it really hurts me. Not because he died, because I couldn't get that closure. Right. Before. Right. Mm. So it got to a point. I started living my life like mm. normally in the past. Before I had a dad, every day I think about the father. Oh, I don't have a dad. Where was he mm. doing? I confronted my mother. If you really listen to the story, I confronted my mom when I was yes, young. Yes. Like, oh, you know. I used to worry about this. I used to think about this. I used to always dream of how I'm going to confront him. In fact, I've created a, like a Nollywood movie. I'm going to scream. I'm going to act. Them. I'm going to act. I'm yeah. going to, you know, give it to him. I'm going to. Yeah. I've constructed the questions. When I heard it, I'm like, oh no. I felt I felt no emotions. It's like, 
okay, you don't have a dad anymore. Mm. But later mm. begin to hit me that, oh, so those questions you wanted to ask. So at that point in time, I became very angry at, I don't know, at who, but at the whole situation. Then slowly as years go by, he did not, he, I did not talk about the wound anymore, but it's just like, mm-hmm. when it's like you're having a quarrel with someone and the person is moving, who are you quarreling with? I don't know if you get it. I, I just kind of yeah. just, yeah. it's like, yeah. I just stopped mm-hmm. thinking about it. It's not like maybe if the topic come up, I don't have the same anger, or the same pain, but I just buried it. I'm not thinking, dwell on it every day. So mm-hmm. when, I have my, when I had my daughter, I don't even want to look at my daughter and think about him. I remember him. Mm-hmm. In my head, okay. it's like, it's, it's gone. Yeah. Forgotten. Yeah. Because I don't want to even imagine that, oh, how can he do that to me? Because mm-hmm. I have my daughter now. I can't imagine the love. I've not seen that mm-hmm. too. I have not give mm. that importance anymore. It just became irrelevant. Just became yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember the last time I thought about him. Except maybe when I seen that film, that video. It's just yeah. it's just it's just closed yeah. chapter in my life. I don't even get it. Closed yeah. barrier. I understand. I don't want to analyze. I don't yeah. analyze this because for me, there is no. Even before I became a mother, there is no explanation to it. There is no reasonable explanation because no. even me before becoming a mother. There are mm-hmm. people around me that, you know, friends or close, you know, people that I can't just, you know, just walk out from them like that without maybe a closure, you know, telling, okay, I think this friendship is on there. So this is not even friendship. This, right. there is nothing you want to tell me. So I don't even need to have a child first for me to now want to say, oh, why would you do that? So I've processed all that already. Yeah. Like, Yes. I can't even do that to my sister. To any, so why would you do it? So all those feelings you are asking, I've already processed them. So now I know that there is nothing. So having my daughter, mm. it would not change the questions or the feelings. Rather, maybe to intensify it. Mm-hmm. I wish I don't want because I won't get closure. So because yeah, I won't get, get that closure, yeah, I don't want to keep analyzing it. Right. Just like, okay, right. Forget it. Right. Yeah, you've just kind of left it. It is yeah. what it is, and you're moving on with your life, yeah. and you're moving, you're moving in a forward direction, and yeah, and and you know, trying to mm-hmm. create a new life for yourself, a better life for yourself. And I have to say, Sandy, that I'm just looking at you. No one, I would never know based on your personality, based on what we see on the videos and how you present and the way you talk and even just the the positivity even just calling your channel Sandy's joyful space like wanting to create joy in your environment and for others mm-hmm. no one would ever think that 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 you had that that kind of painful yeah. experience in your life and i think okay. what i think is so beautiful is that you've you you're you basically from that pain, you're trying to create something beautiful out of that. And I think that's the biggest lesson that we can learn from your story is that you don't have to sit in that pain and in that suffering. You can move on and do other things with your life and have a good future, have a family, get married. Mm Yeah. Yeah. All of those things can happen for you. Yeah. I think that the other thing that I wanted to be better, make better was, I just knew I wanted my daughter never to experience that. 
I think having a child that when you ask thinking the question again, like yeah, not necessarily like, oh, why did he do this? I was just knew that I don't me not having a dad or like a father a, a father present in my life. I knew the amount of pain. It's different when they said, Oh, your dad died when you were young. Oh, that's okay. But it's not his fault. That's different. But him walking away is different. Yeah. So yeah. I knew the amount of pain. I know how it even when they say your father even died, even that doesn't mean that when you are growing up, you don't feel that vacuum. You don't, but you can't blame him. That's the difference. But you still feel those, oh, I wish, I wish. So because I knew all those feelings, there's something I told myself. I just, I just said, no, I would, by God's grace, it's not my power, but I want my child to have a father present in her life and yes. actively present, not just. Yes you know, not just part-time or something, just active. I want to create something I never had. I want my daughter to experience that thing I never experienced. Family born, that family born, unity. That's, you know, I saw it along my sisters, but, you know, with a father present. That is the part I didn't see. I see it with my mother, my sisters. We are very, you know, close-knitted. We are very close. But the only thing was, I want to see it in another dynamic with a father yeah. being in the picture. How is it right? Like? I want my daughter to have that experience. Right, right, right. Yeah. And I think it's beautiful that you have that that you had that vision and that you've it's come to fruition. It's happened yeah. because, like you said, there are some women who would have gone through what you've went through, and they their lives would have gone in a completely different direction. Yeah. Maybe they would have gotten involved with abusive men, Mm -hmm. men that would have abandoned them, men that would have left them as single mothers, you know, kind of repeating the cycle sort of deal. Right. And so um, that's what I think is so inspirational. And I hope that anyone that listens to this that maybe has experienced that, you know, any if you've had a form of abandonment from a father, from a mother, from a caregiver, whoever that that does not have to be the end of your road, that life goes on and you can create a different reality for yourself. You can create a different life for yourself that reflects the life that you wish you would have had. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's my husband was praying. Sorry for cutting you. My husband was praying for a female child. My husband loves female children. Oh. Not not, not what I like. I was yeah. being, my father worked out on me for me being a female child, and my husband loved female children. Like, he told me, Oh, I wish you can just have all girls. I'm like, Okay, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's, it's nice to hear. I don't know if maybe God just gave me someone who would say those things just to kind of, I don't know, but when he said that, it, it kind of made me feel like, Okay, so there are men who would even wish to have. Or female children, it doesn't mind. Sure, sure. Yeah, or yeah. girls, yeah. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is a free society. That's one of the benefits in living here. It's a free society. They don't look at men or women or value one gender having more value than the other. Both genders have equal value in this society, equal opportunity. Yeah. And so yeah. I just wonder how growing up if maybe I was born there, how would have been growing with this kind of, you know. I know they also have their own issues. I'm not saying 
they're not they're perfect sure. yeah sure. when they also sit and they still have some questions they still have some things they still dealt with yes but this is something that we don't have i wish we had yes that's you know dynamic just know everybody's equal exactly it's, to be so beautiful yeah yes 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 um sandy yeah. this has been oh my goodness a fantastic interview we've yeah. talked for so long yeah um yeah you're gonna make it part one and two oh yes part one and two definitely yeah. um i just wanted to ask you if there's anything else that you wanted to share with the audience um anything that i haven't brought up that you'd like to to mention yeah, what I do want to mention is it's not um I think in general I just want to this is something I'm passionate about I want to say is you know um I think it's something I didn't mention because it's one of the questions you maybe you've not watched any video like that. I want to just talk to any woman who has been going through maybe body shaming or mm-hmm. anything like that. I've been mm-hmm. someone who has been body shamed, who has been mm-hmm. laughed at. Mm-hmm. I want to let you know that don't ever make that a narrative of your life. Like, don't let them, what people say or what they say about your body, about your shape, about anything, don't make it like, I would like, don't put a stamp to it. Don't accept it. Don't take it. When I mean don't accept it, I don't mean you should fight them. But what I mean is, know yourself and just say, if they are saying, um, this and that that is their so that is their own thinking i know i'm beautiful it's, it's difficult dealing with body shaming how i got to this way i started to accept my body mm-hmm. it's a process it's not what you just say it's a journey you know someone saying when they would have had that but when someone told me my friend my best friend to tell me that i'm an amoy by like i'm more by you know i'm more by like shapeless as an amoy by i'm like Really? Is it that bad? Your your best friend told you this? No, someone told my best friend to call. Oh, someone me told me your best friend. To okay. Pass a message to me that I'm a shapeless woman. I'm like, okay. Um, wow. You know, I wish you told me. I acted cool, but I I cried for hours. Oh my god. That broke me, and I think oh. after that day, I started yeah. going to the gym. I started to lose weight. There was no amount of body shaming mm. that made me love myself. Mm. It didn't help me to love myself. And anytime I tried to lose weight because someone just insulted me, I I always it doesn't work. Right. It was until I decided to do it for myself. Right. Exactly. Until I got to the point where I'm like, okay, I don't care what they say. Yeah. I don't care. I'm not gonna kill myself. Let me just live my life. I was okay where I was going. And there was yeah. one day I looked at the mirror, I'm like, okay, I don't like how I think I'm going a bit too much. Maybe I should do something about it. It was when mm-hmm. I said it to myself. I don't know if you know the difference. Mm-hmm. It was not because someone says something and it hurts me and then I go to the gym. But because I looked at the mirror, I'm like, okay, I don't like what I'm seeing now. Sandra, let's work on it. That was when it worked. Yes. It I has to come from within. Yeah. It can't be yeah. I lost the weight. Because when people when is you are doing it because someone said it, you might always find yourself like a circle. You you fall off the band where you go. So even when I made the decision myself, I fell off 
I got married, I have kids, I added a weight. Yes, I'm just trying to lose the weight now. But I'm not at a place where yes, if you tell me now that I'm this and that, it doesn't hurt me anymore. When you tell me, oh, you look so fat, if you want to hurt me, I just remember, I'm like, no, you are, you are not there anymore. Like, I know, I just tell myself, no, that is their thoughts, their, their own thinking. For me, I'm beautiful. I'm just, and don't let them tell you, you cannot get a man because of that. That is what I've always said. Oh, nobody does, men don't love, you know, chubby ladies. They love skinny ladies. They don't love when you are chubby. It's ridiculous. Please, don't let them be serious. When I was once and he fell in love with me just the way I am. Yes. And he has, it has never changed. Even when I'm trying to lose weight now, he has never told me, oh, you are so fat to lose the weight. It's me who want to do it. He has never pressured me. Yeah, even when I ask him, oh, do you think I'm fat? He's like, babe, you're not fat. <laughs> you're not fat. I don't know why you are always bothered. There's nothing wrong with you. I know from that. Well, I'm not bothered, but you know, I want to wear that dress. You think, it, yeah, I'm the only one who just acts or want to think, but yes, yeah. So don't let someone tell you you have to lose weight to get your dream man. Um, if you want to lose weight, it's okay to do it for your health. Yeah. But let it come from you. I'm not saying get fat and eat. I'm not. I'm not coming here to right. speak for you know adding weight. No, no, I'm not coming here yeah. to advocate for that. I'm just saying. Don't let anyone make you feel a certain way because right. of your body or anything. Even if right. they are body shaming, even if it's not body shaming, but they are bullying you for. Even slim people get bullied. If someone is bullying sure. you that, oh, you look so slim, you look. Let it be. A man will love you. And even if. You know, you're, not even, you're not even looking for a man. Love yourself. And that man will also come along. You have to love yourself first. Before. You know, until you love yourself first then you get to appreciate yourself more. Exactly. And people can even now see that beauty in you. When you don't see the beauty yeah. in you, people can't even see it. You can't project exactly. it. So that's what I want to just say. I think that's something that I'm not really, I would love to share as time goes on my yes. platform or talk more about like body yes. Yeah. yes. That is a beautiful, beautiful message, Sandy. And I think <laughs> women need to hear this yeah. because just like we were talking about earlier with regards to online dating and all that kind of stuff, it's people keep putting the, uh, making the issue, the issue external. Oh, I have to lose weight or I got to look a certain way. I have to look like this. I have to change my hair. I have to do this. When in reality, it's about working on you, you from the yeah. inside out. And like you said, if working out is a goal of yours, fine. That's, you know, that's on yeah. you. But don't don't do it because you want to attract a man or you want to, you know, yeah. attract a particular kind of person. You should want to be with someone that's going to love you for who you are to begin with. Because, because the fact that you're not against is that. Exactly. Because, yeah. I mean... You're going to have children. You're going to put on weight. We're going to let, okay, that's just, we're just talking about weight. What about we're all going to get old, right? We're all going to age, right? Yeah, you want to be with somebody who loves you for you so that no matter what age you are, he's yeah. still in love with you, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because he can't replace you. He can go and get a younger person, but that person will never be you. And he wants yeah. to be with you, right? Mm -hmm. And so... Um, I have to say people out there who are into body shaming, uh, commenting and saying nasty, vicious things about the way that people look, 
Um, I'll repeat what I said earlier. You are you are miserable people. You are because only a miserable person could take the time out of their day to go online and attack a complete stranger. Those are miserable people. Even today, they do it on my channel. Sometimes people just come, oh, Sammy, you're going so fast. Look at your stomach. Watch it. It doesn't bother me anymore. I just delete a comment or I just say, thank you very much. I'll work on it. Like, they've pressured me on my channel. Like, I've gotten comments like, oh, watch your weight. You're going so fast. Oh, watch your it doesn't get to because I've dealt with it before. So I now I'm, I'm at a place where no matter what you say, when I'm ready to lose the weight, it's not you going to tell me. I see myself in the mirror. When exactly. I'm ready, I'll work on myself. Thank you. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's a, these are, and this, this is kind of in relation to what we talked about earlier about people asking you if you're pregnant. This is an invasive, you are invading my my personal space you don't here. Know if my I'm personal... really like the weight, if I'm struggling to lose it. Exactly. You don't know what the person is going through. You know, um, it's none of, it really isn't any of your business. And if, if, if it bothers you that much, then why are you watching my videos? Stop watching my, my channel if you don't like yeah. me. Right. So I'm glad you gave, I'm glad you, you left us with that because I think it's really important for women to hear that. Yeah. So, Sandy, where and how can people get in touch with you? Where can they find you online? Your Instagram, YouTube. It's, it's very, very simple. It's just I'm Sandy Joyful Space on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. Any platform you type Sandy Joyful Space, you'll see me just Sandy as S-A-N-D-I-E. So Sandy, then the joyful and space. Then you'll find me on all platform. I use same name on every platform. So very good. It's, Sandy's it's, joyful space on yeah. all platforms: YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. Connect with her. Yeah. Become a follower of hers. Yeah. Her her content is excellent. I'm so grateful to have had her today on on my on this two part episode. I really to share. It. Yeah. <laughs> To share some, I mean, I'm so grateful that there's even things, as you said, that you shared here that you've not shared on yeah. your videos yet, yeah. which is amazing, <laughs> which I'm even more grateful for. Um, it's been such an honor of mine, and I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much yeah, for being uh, here. Thank you for having me, too. <laughs> Ab absolutely, absolutely. And I will be sure to leave all of Sandy's social media information in the description for the um for the podcast and um i'll include links as well direct links to um the youtube channel and everything so that you can all check out her wonderful wonderful content yeah. thank you so much continue doing what you're doing sandy please don't ever stop yeah thank you everyone <laughs> my god's grace yes thank you so much yes. Thank you so much for listening to part two of my interview series with Sandy from Sandy's Joyful Space. I hope you found our conversation to be enlightening, entertaining, motivational, and inspiring. I want to once again extend a big thank you to Sandy for her time and graciousness in participating in this interview. I learned a lot from her and I hope you did as well. If you have any questions or comments, 
or just want to get in contact with me, you can do so on Instagram at Candles and Shadows or by email at candlesandshadowspodcast at gmail.com. I will also include all the links to Sandy's social media content in the description for this episode. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you in my next episode. Bye.